This is Rachel Joy Barbeau. As part of the launch for my new book, Relentless Joy, that's due out June 20th, my friends got together and created a book launch team. Y'all, I am so blessed. So very blessed. In that group, they're getting some behind-the-scenes details from the book, and we've been discussing the book together each week. I wanted to share some of those stories with you. So over the next few weeks, you're going to get bonus podcasts that contain short stories and lessons from our discussions. You're going to hear Natasha Garrett, who's our book launch captain and also serves, and I'm changing the narrative, and you'll hear from me and maybe some others. I hope this gets you excited about the book. Pre-order details are in the show notes, and I got to tell you, as a first-time published author, pre-orders are everything. Please go grab a copy for you and for others. Love you guys. And when I wrote it, my publishers said, you know, you're going to have to get a lot of release forms. And they said, it's going to be a lot of trouble. And are you sure you want to do that? You can just rename them and it won't be a big deal. I said, but I want them to be named. I want that. And I don't care if it's trouble. And I said, what does the tapestry of your life look like? What and who makes up its beauty? If your tapestry isn't what you want it to be, I challenge you to implement Og Mandino. If y'all are watching this right now, please go beyond my book. Go read Og Mandino. It was the great, one of the greatest things my mom ever turned me on to. He is one of the greatest sales and inspirational writers. I talk about him in chapter two, but I challenge you to implement Og's words daily and see how it grows. Could you seek to deepen the relationships around you, be they at work, home, or in your community? Could you be a noticer? Could you be a noticer who seeks to see all the good already in people around you? Because here's the truth. There are people in my tapestry who aren't family. They aren't close friends, but you better bet that they have come into my life and made a mark. Some were in and out of my life in minutes, some hours and some others days, but nevertheless, their thread is bright and strong in my tapestry. The other thing that I want y'all to know about this book is I threw in like random, really cool things, stories, historical stuff, scientific studies that I uh, that I discovered while writing this book. And one of them, I'm not going to go into it, but it's this effective presence. Um, and it's in chapter two. So if you're reading later on, please go check it out. It's so cool, but it's basically these two psychologists figured out that some people have a way of affecting other people, no matter what's going on in their life. Like like they took all these college students and they studied them and they put them in different groups. And they noticed that some people literally had a strong, what they call strong, effective presence. And, you know, I recognize in writing this book, Um, I recognized that at times my effective presence wasn't where I wanted it to be because of going through grief and then a blended family and feeling lonely in those situations. But in studying this from a scientific standpoint, it's like, man, it's everything in this book is a goal. Are we going to hit it every day? No, we're not. We're going to screw up. We're going to fall short. You're going to have a fight with your husband, you know, and sometimes you're going to let him leave. I had one with my husband last week and I let him go to the airport and get on a plane. And I thought the exact same thing, Natasha. I said, oh my God, I let my man get on an airplane. Fussing with him, like what a dummy. And, and so some days you're going to fall short, but some days you're going to be like, man, my effective presence was awesome today. Like, so that is a that is a really good one. And then there's also really quickly, she's in this group. 
You talk about the people. I want to read this to you really quickly. My friend Samantha used to work for a nursing home company. One day she picked me up in her convertible and off we went to buy every flower and stuffed animal from the grocery store. We literally bought them out, boxes of them. She picked one of her nursing homes and we delivered those flowers and stuffed animals with the greatest of love. Samantha gets people. She deals in eternal currency. That day was one of the best days of my life. Afterwards, the wind whipped through my hair in the convertible and purpose coursed through my veins. It was a heck of a feeling. Looking back, it was one that I desperately wish I could have bottled for harder days because they were coming. The faces of those residents as they received their unexpected gifts are forever etched into my mind. And for a second, those flowers could have been the big old honk and blueberry muffins. I was instantly transported back to my childhood. I was 11 all over again, visiting a nursing home with my mommy. I got to spend time with little Rachel for a moment in time and give her a soul hug. I got to see my beautiful mommy through my childhood eyes. That's the good stuff, the healing stuff. I love Proverbs 3.27 because it reminds me that I have the power to do good for others every day. Do not withhold good for those to whom it's due for when it is in your power to act. Yes, I have felt joy when I accomplished something amazing or when something good happened for me or to me, but there's a special level of joy when from the purest part of your soul, you do good for others. I bet you would agree. Yeah. Yes, that is good stuff. (laughs) It kind of goes into one of my other favorite quotes that I have here. It seems so simple. You said, my movement is built on my stories and the art of storytelling. And that's exactly what we do inside our heads every day. We tell ourselves stories about what we just perceive from the outside world or what we feel about ourselves. And the stories that we tell an eyewitness can see something, another eyewitness can see something, and they say they saw two different things when the same thing happened. But how do you tell your story? How do you talk to yourself? Um, what story do you tell? What do you find the lesson in it? Do you find the joy in it? Do you find, yeah. you know, a woman, what do you find? Are you looking, you're going to, you're going to find whatever you're looking for. So mm. if you're, you know, if you're looking for something negative, you're that's all you're going to see. And if you're looking for a, an opportunity to grow, you're going to find it. Mm. And if you're looking for joy and happiness, you'll find it. Even if it's just a little sparkle, you're going to find it. And so what stories do we tell ourselves? That just resonated so much with me when I read that. I did a podcast just yesterday and I was talking with somebody I was at, I was a, actually, we did our mental health live last night um, with Same Here Global because it's Mental Health Awareness Month. And I talked about just that. Y'all, I'm begging you to edit yourself constantly, not, not in a negative way, just edit. Just say what, by the way, I'm going to get Kleenex, sponsor Kleenex the next time we do this because <laughs> I'm like snotting all over myself and crying. And, um, but I, I said, there's been times in my life where, like, for example, I'm, I may catch up with three or four loved ones that week, and I find myself telling the same story. And it might be a negative story. It might not be a positive story. It might be something that is going on in my life. And I've caught myself because I know to edit myself now, I'm like, wow, you led with that. Like, wow, like of all the great, wonderful things going on in your life, Rachel, you led with that negative thing or that thing or and and I am at a place, my shirt says queen under construction. I'm at a place in my life where I can edit myself in a loving way um, and say, 
you know what, Rachel, that's not the story. That's not the story I want to tell. And I think Natasha, you make a great point. We can tell ourselves we're fat, stupid, sick, broke, messed up, a failure. You know, I work with the love ladies and that's what we're raising money for to donate books to them, a thousand books before June 13th. And I work with them and I tell them you're not defective. You're not broken. You're not weak. You're not too far gone. You're not too dirty. And God loves you and you can begin again. And so I just chat that we're just dropping so many nuggets. Thank you, Natasha and, and Lee and everybody and Christina and Tina and all the people that will watch later. But edit, edit yourself and do it in a loving way and say, what kind of story am I telling myself? And then what kind of story am I, am I telling others? And that's, I got vulnerable last night on the, on the live with Eric from same here global. And I said, there are times where I just have to pull myself aside and give myself a little talking to straighten up, Rachel, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) What kind of story are you telling? Like, no, you woke up today, you know, and that's the other thing. Perspective is, is a, is a big one for me. When I start to get my grumbling phase or worked up or whatever it is, overstimulated is one I like to use Uh, lately. I'm not really necessarily stressed or mad or angry. I'm overstimulated. I've got too much coming in. My wires are, you know, whatever. Um, I like to ask myself, did you sleep on clean sheets last night? Did you have a shower to shower in this morning? Do you have a grocery? Do you have a refrigerator that's got food in it? You know, um, do you have a car that runs, you know? And when I start to do those things, um, perspective, man, every single time it brings me back, I'll, I'll say this very briefly. I had somebody ask me, do you get, are you getting tired of doing all these interviews for the um, podcast? And I said this on the podcast recently and I said, heck no, I pray for this opportunity. And so half the things that annoy us, we probably at one time or another, we prayed for them. You prayed for the husband that leaves his dirty clothes on the floor. You prayed for those kids that are eating you out of house and home. You prayed for that job. You know what I mean? Like you prayed for the things that, uh, a lot of the things that annoy you.